split between realities and made up factualities a split world a split world thanks for stopping by the office although mike and bolan have years of experience answering questions and giving advice in the field of mental health they are not professionals and should not be a replacement for professional help unless you want to pay but they don't want your money and they don't know how to bill insurance so good luck just sit back and be present they'll see you for your appointment now all right well fantastic uh welcome back to mysteries of the mind with mike and bolan i'm your host mike and i'm your host bolan and today we are joined by a very very special guest uh victoria hi victoria why don't you introduce yourself your full name uh, what you do, um, and you know what? I kind of want to do something a little fun right here. Uh, okay. Why don't you? Why don't you give us a song that you've been listening to during this time? Oh, let's Ooh, jump right into it. Right, yeah. I don't have to sing it, right? I can just. No, no, it. yeah, you can. Oh. No, no, sing. Yeah, please. We, we can't afford that. No, <laughs> we can't afford um, songs. <laughs> well, first, thanks for having me on, you guys. My name is Victoria. Uh, last name is Veltry. I used to go by Victoria Carroll, so a lot of people will probably know me as Victoria Carroll, but I actually recently, my stepdad finally adopted me after all these years. So I legally took on his last name. Um, So now legally I'm Victoria Veltry. When I'm not in quarantine, you can usually find me working at McGregor's. I bartend and serve usually. Miss them. Um, But yeah. So now my life is just boring because I don't do anything, but yeah. Usually when I'm not in quarantine, I like long walks on the beach. And I, like, <laughs> I, like, I like gaming sunsets. I like stepping out into the world of human beings. Yeah, I usually like to like interact with like people in like, person. I don't know. I usually like to shake hands and, and hug yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> hug every now and then. Um. Okay, a song that I've been, I have to like, go through my phone really quick. Yeah, yeah, let's um, real quick. Oh, my God. I feel like people are going to judge me. I don't even care. Oh, okay, no, no. Okay, so I don't know why, but do you guys, you, you've seen TikTok, right? Yeah. Okay, so do you remember the song Scotty Doesn't Know? Oh, shit. It's like a 90s song. Yeah? Yeah. I, so for, oh. You don't know that song? I might, I might if I heard it. I don't know it by name. The title is basically all you need to know. It's a guy talking about like how he, I think, slept with Scotty's girlfriend or something. Yeah, Scotty he's like, the song it. is basically about this guy sleeping with Fiona, Scotty's girlfriend. Scotty? I don't know why, but That's I heard a... it when I was on like scrolling through TikTok, and it's been stuck in my head for probably a week. It's pretty catchy. <laughs> I know. It is, I'm going to have to check so this out. Catchy. But it's like, why this song? Like, it has no relevance to, like, anything in my life. But but for some reason, I just, I can't stop listening to it. I mean, sometimes sometimes you get earworms, right? Like, sometimes something is just in your head, and then it can't get out of your head. Like, I have a hook from a song that I tried to do a cover of. Yeah. Um, And it, it's been, it's just not even the song. Like, just the one little bit of the one part of the chorus is just, like, on a, <laughs> on a loop. It's on a loop, guys. And it yeah. won't drive me. It would drive me <laughs> And I have to sing along every time it's like appropriate, right? Like I'll be at work and I'll be like, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, stop. Like you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do this right now. And like the worst, like the worst part of my song gets like stuck in my head. So I'll be like making breakfast and I'll be like, Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday. And my mom is like, what? And I'm like, mom, just please don't listen to me. Like, I don't even know why I said that every, out loud. Every Sunday. Yeah, that's, my- that's a pretty that's a pretty standard schedule they got. At this point, do you <laughs> think Scotty doesn't care? <laughs> At this Scott, point, do you think on Sunday Scotty knows? And Scotty's like, fuck it. It's gonna happen in his van. And I just have to sit here and deal with that. Radical acceptance. Radical, radical acceptance. <laughs> Very radical. <laughs> No, it's actually a pretty good song, though. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to. Yeah. I'll ha- definitely have to check it out. Mike, do you have an answer to that same question you gave Victoria? What's the What's your song of the week? Oh, oh, um, <coughs> yeah, um, where did I? Well, I had my phone. Um, um, it's Boy and Bear 
The last one I was just listening to, though, was um, Three-Headed Woman by Boy and Bear. I, uh, never, I knew you were going to have some really cool answer to a band. Not, I feel like both of you are. That's not... That's well, not I, Mike's cooler than me, because I don't know that band either. <laughs> I'm not... So, it's not... I mean, they're not... They're not, like, super big or anything. <laughs> so, like, not like, You've probably never heard of them. You guys probably don't know that much about them. Um, no, Boy and Bear, I've been listening to them uh, probably since, like, 2000 and... Man, 2013, 2014, maybe. To me, they're, like, uh... The, to me, they are an American Mumford & Sons. Oh. So, I, I highly recommend. Um, yeah. Maybe, Kind of bluegrass, little rock, little rock and roll, uh, but good stuff. I really enjoy it. Wow, I love, yeah, I love that band. Um, I, Mumford and Sons. Oh, he's fantastic. What's his? What's that guy's name? What's his first name? Marcus. I have no Marcus, idea. Marcus Mumford. Which is such a name, right? Like it's a Marcus, Marcus Mumford. A Marcus Mumford. <laughs> Marcus Mumford. Oi, my name is Marcus Mumford. He's not a very attractive guy, though. No, not, the not? Most, not the most. I, I didn't think so. Do you think so? Have you? I have don't you know. S- I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen his face. He looks like a uh, chunkier Neville Longbottom. Really? But like, like kind of. I think he's kind of handsome. <laughs> but he's like no. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with chunky Neville Longbottom. You know, I, so? I would say. Um, man, I'm gonna pull up a picture. Um, he looks like, picture, yeah. Hold on, hold on, before you okay, pull up a picture and just give me okay. He looks like a, a chubbier rat, he kind of has like this, like, kind of rat looking face, yeah. I see a little it. mouse, a little mouse esque, okay. Yeah, he's, he's, I little, see he's it. a little I bigger of a guy. He'd be like Remy the rat from Ratatouille if he was like a little chunky and had That's a good crazy. guitar skill. That's his, yes. that's his fantastic movie. He looks like, <laughs> you know, he, um, oh my God, what's his name? That one actor that's always, he's in Harry Potter, and he's in a lot of, um, like, Tim Burton movies. Neville Longbottom. Neville Longbottom. No! <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, Johnny Depp. Rat, the guy that plays the rat. Oh, shit, the, like, oh, Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew, yes, yeah. He, uh, like... he kind of looks like him. Oh man, guys. He had that, like, but like, obviously, like a way, like a way more attractive version. Famous like, enough, famous enough to know the name Peter Pettigrew and the rat you played, but not famous yeah. enough to know your name, huh? Yeah. Shit. Shit. <laughs> good, good thing. Who is that actor? Who is we almost that actor? Made it, Do we? I don't even know if we have to put his name on here. People can Google it if they want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even. No, just know. Right. But you're gonna have to Google Peter Pettigrew. Yeah, somebody go Google Peter Pettigrew. You'll find it. We're not too concerned. So, Victoria, you said that you're you're normally a bartender and a server. Yeah. Um, so so like, what are kind of the things that you're doing now? I mean, um, I've seen, for instance, there was a couple of pages I believe okay. um, people posted about where bartenders could join and like post like their favorite drinks and how to make them, and then yeah. people could tip them. And I thought that was kind of like a unique thing. Um, I have not heard of that. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think I saw something about it on on like Facebook or something. I'll have to okay. check that out. Uh, but like, what what have you been? What keeps you busy during the day, other than The Sims? Other than the, so I was going to say that The Sims. Yeah, Victoria um, shared with us that um, she's pretty fucking big into The Sims. Yeah. Pretty pretty big name yeah, in the Sim pretty, game. Pretty big into it. It's, I don't know. It's like my one, like, well, not my only nerdy trait, but I love The Sims. I don't know why. I just love it. Like, I was telling them earlier, I really don't play, like, like the actual game too much. Like, I just like to build. Like, I don't know. There's so much you can do in it. It's just fun. I don't know. Um, I've actually been spending a lot of time with my little brother. That's nice. Yeah, we're, there's 13 years between the two of us. He'll just he calls me Gaga. It started when he was little, and he, it just hasn't left, and I hope it never does. <laughs> and he'll just be at my door and be like, "Hey, Gaga," and I'm like, "Oh my God, what do you want now?" 
and he'll just like come in and like he likes to like go like look at my clothes I don't know why like I have a lot of like graphic tees okay and I think he like I don't know he'll be like oh this is a cool shirt like I'm gonna be like oh yeah bud you can have that or something like I don't know (laughs) he just really wants the graphic tees yeah yeah he's like wow what if he's actually doing this all sarcastically wow that's a cool shirt oh that one that's real cool i would not put past him he is so funny and he says he says stuff i'm just like where did you hear that or learn that like who are you sometimes but no it's been nice to just like hang out with him we like watch movies and play uno even though i'm not good at it and I don't know. That's that's kind of an interesting phrase right there, being good at Uno. Some people are just good at Uno. I'm not good at Uno. I thought it was more of a game of chance. Oh, it's a strategy. No, I baby. feel like there's so much strategy behind it, honestly. I just Revert. not good at it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's um I think it's funny. Um this whole thing is making us all realize how constrained our relationships are with people like how much time you actually have with the people in your life and like we've all been given you know some some of us have been given a lot of extra time with the people that are like close to us in our life and it kind of makes you think about like wow I really you know like I live with um my girlfriend yeah and our schedules are totally different and you know it just is making me appreciate that like when things are normal and day-to-day life is normal um like I don't really get to see her that often. Yeah. Like when things are supposed to be good, you know, like yeah. when things are normal, um, because of the way our schedules work. And so it's just like this whole quarantine thing has just given everybody a lot more, like food for thought. I feel like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like this time is either gonna like really bring families and relationships together, or it's gonna like really tear them apart. We're like gonna- to be like. And not on some, like, really sad stuff, but, like, you know, like, there are some couples out there that, like, really don't see each other, that really don't have much relationship, they're really just roommates, but now, like, you're just stuck with that person, yeah. you know what I mean? And you're, so. and you're right, so, so maybe, maybe what it is, is it's time just to see what relationships are actually probably meaningful to you. Yeah. Um, and what of, like, the super most important things, I think, in any sort of, um, and uh, actually... This is, it's not even what I think. This is a proven fact. This is done in numerous studies throughout the entire world for, for eons now. And that's that um, having positive relationships, having very good quality relationships, not quantitative, it doesn't have to be that many, but quality relationships will make you happier. You will, oh, live, yeah. you will live a longer life and you will be a happier person as long as you have relationships. And so, like, I think, like, when people are looking for, like, a quick fix on how to get happy, I think, like, the the thing is, is, like, kind of like what you're talking about, is taking this time uh, at really acknowledging what relationships are important to you and and spending some of that extra time a lot of us have now. Yeah. Helping those relationships more. Yeah, this is a very rare chance. Absolutely. Like, even me and my mom, I feel like we've gotten closer in these past, what, three weeks that we've been in the house. I mean, I've always had a really good relationship with my mom. Um, going like before I, my stepdad came into my life, it was just me and my mom since I was born. So from birth to like, what, I think I was eight when my, when my dad came in my life. Um, it was just her and I, so it was for my whole life, it's like me and my mom against the world kind of thing. But because of just my, my parents run a business, I work 40, 50 hours a week like we hardly see each other and we really hardly ever have time to like sit down and really like tell each other what's going on and how we are and stuff like that. So, you know, we've talked about, Oh my God, stuff that we haven't brought up in years, just like, you know, late night being up we have nothing else to do. And it's been really like refreshing to be able to like connect back with my mom, which is weird. Cause I live with her, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it's been, it's definitely been, I mean, we have our moments for sure where, like, I'm, like, I need to go on a walk because I'm about to literally burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to build a Sims house and then I'm going to burn it. Burn it down. House and gonna, yeah, I'm going to burn it down. No, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. I mean, yeah, my dad's home. I don't ever get to see my dad because my dad works in uh, New Jersey. 
and he came home right when this whole thing happened because they were shutting down Jersey and New York. But yeah, it's been fun. It's nice to have like the family back together. Yeah. Getting the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. So Victoria, you you shared this with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that in in well, actually, we were we were kind of all joking about it right before we started, um, oh. and that we all have uh, a little uh, a little bit of that psychosis, a little bit of the touch, <laughs> touch, yeah. possible touch. Um, we it sounds like we all probably have been to the psych ward at least at at one point. Um, yeah. I went when I was in high school. Yeah, I um I went to the I went to the psych ward two times in college. I went to the psych ward once, and it was great. We it was great recently. It was over the summer. Jeez. Yeah, that's no. I. Yeah, it was. It was a crazy time in my life. That's for sure. What, Victoria? What were like some of the things that you kind of were going through during this time? I mean, like what? <clears throat> I guess I guess there's a kind of a list of questions that. You know, I, I would be interested in, especially, um, you know, for, for our viewers, me and Bolin have discussed on previous shows what it was that really kind of brought us um, into the psych words and, and things like that. Um, but I think that yours was maybe a little different from, from both of ours. Um, and so I'd, I would just be interested in hearing, you know, what it is that you kind of went through um, yeah. and then maybe to the point where you kind of had that realization. Um, yeah. I think that. We'll kind of get to that, like, hey, you know what? Something's wrong. Yeah. Um. So uh, I've I've always struggled with mental health. Um, mental health runs. I feel like with it runs pretty deep in my family. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my mom don't, wouldn't care, but she struggles with mental health a lot. Um. I know I kind of grew up, unfortunately, watching her deal with um being bipolar and um being depressed, like horrible depression. Um, and a lot of my childhood, I grew up not really like understanding it. It was always just mommy's really tired, stuff like that. Um, but as I grew up and, you know, you kind of trying to figure yourself out, I realized that she was just really, she was really depressed and she was a single mom and she was raising a daughter on her own. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that went to my mom's, but I think I started noticing not something, I'm not going to say something wrong because that's the, that's the wrong different about myself when I think I was like in middle school and I you know this sounds really sad but a lot of it started when I started doing shows because I felt like I was always in competition with everybody else and like um especially like not just my grade but there was a there was a few other girls in my grade that were all very talented and I think that there was this like underlining competition every day with them it was never like said it was never this that and the third but I always felt that like I had to make sure that like my singing was always perfect and my dancing was always perfect because we went to an art school people talked about those things you know and it ended up causing like a lot of like I put a lot on myself I think I made myself like try to be perfect when like we're in reality like no one's perfect and I definitely got some like really bad self-esteem because of it especially when you work so hard to like get a role or get something and and you don't get what you thought you were gonna get like I feel like that puts a lot on your self-worth almost um and I remember there was this thing that went around school and I'm not gonna name any names but um on who was like prettier me or this other girl and who was like more talented, me or this other girl. Definitely. And it literally went around our grade and people like signed who they thought were like, it was, yeah, it was really, and anyway, Dude, I, I didn't win. And like now as an adult, I'd be like, fuck you. Like, I know I'm good. But back then it like really hurt. It like I, really, really hurt. I think, Mike, were you going to say something? Go No, Bowen, please go ahead. Um, I think high school is, like, the first real, like, proving ground where you enter into this zone of, like, extreme competition all the time as a kid. Like, at first it was all, all you know, chocolate milk and nap time in grade yeah. school. And then yeah. you get to high school, and it's like, oh, this is, like, a whole little microcosm of, like, competition and people yeah. really, like, being really cutthroat and everything like that. And I think that's kind of a universal thing 
Yeah. In like every high school movie ever. I think that's a well-established thing that high school is just kind of brutal in that way. Yeah. But I think um, just to speak to your bit about the performance stuff, I mean, Mike and I were also, we were all in the same place together, the three of us. I think, I really do think that being like a theater performer in high school at the level that we were in front of, you know, hundreds of people on a regular basis doing these shows. And I think it really like, it kind of stunted my growth a little bit. Mm-hmm. like kind of like what you're saying but maybe maybe different i'm just interested to hear your opinion on this but like sometimes i feel like i'm always like vying for recognition mm-hmm. or like or like yeah. like like always searching for like applause or like i'm always trying to be like validated in a way that i feel yeah. like that experience at such a young age kind of um shaped like an imbalance for me and like and looking for that all the time i don't know if you right. guys feel the same way yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think that, like, I'm not going to say, like, how long was Cutthroat, like, our performance was, like, not, cu- I don't know how to say this, but, like, what you said about, um, like, the, the recognition, like, like, what, it, what, what did you say, the, like, validation. being recognized, like, you need that, like, validation, there is the word, that yeah. definitely, like, I, if, even now, like, I always, like, I'm always like, oh, sorry, or am I doing this okay? Am I doing that okay? Like, I feel like being on stage, we always needed that, oh, yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. And that kind of, like, gets embedded in your brain that you need that, like, other person being like, oh, yeah, exactly, that's how I want it done. Like, that's how it needs to be done. I feel like I'm performing a lot of the time, right? Like, yes. I'm doing oh something and I'm watching to see if, like, people are approving or, like, watching or, like, anyone's paying attention. Sometimes I'll catch myself doing something and then I'll be like, are you only doing this right now in case someone's watching? All the time. All you know? the time. So weird now that you said it. Now I'm, like, thinking about, like, all the times <laughs> that, like, you do put on, like, a mini performance almost, you know? I think it's everyone does low. that to some extent, though. Like, everybody, there's, like, there's a saying. I heard it today, actually, even, that, like, you know, there's the face you show the world, and then there's the face that you show the people who are close to you in your life, and then there's the face that you don't show to anyone but yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, what were you gonna say? That's a that's a great question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite remember. Um, I, I so I think what I one thing I can add to this is it, it you know obviously I I'm gonna agree with the both of you um, in that you know that I coming into school of the arts I had gone through about a year of like pretty severe. Uh, like, uh, I guess you could honestly, you could say torment from kids um, at the school that I went to. I, I had gone to uh, uh, Nazareth Academy, and just a lot of the kids there just weren't very nice to me. Um, and I also happened to be quite overweight. Um, and so, like that, you know, that was like another thing that, like, you know, I, I got I got teased a lot about and and stuff like that. Um, and so when I got to Soda. Um, the first couple of years still were kind of a little tough. I had quite a few people still like make fun of me and, and things like that. And it wasn't really until high school that that same kind of thing happened that I think you guys are talking about, which is that I started doing shows. Um, at that time, I also lost like a ton of weight and kind of like grew into my my weight. Um, yeah. And I became popular. And that was something that I had never been before. Right. Um, yeah. That obviously you really dig you're about that life when you're popular (laughs) let me tell you something there is nothing better than being a fucking ken doll in the barbie shop when you get the ken doll (laughs) you can't be ken if you're like his buddy brett not as fun not Not nearly as fun fun. like i was like one of the ken dolls you know i was the hot commodity and so like that definitely i agree like that kind of stunted it stunted a lot of things. I think it stunted my ability to accept rejection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, in that, oh, like, yeah. you know, if I got some, if I got an answer I didn't like from somebody, a lot of the times it's like, well, why did I get that? You yeah. know, like, I, how, what did I do to deserve that? You know, like, I know that I'm, I do this, this, and this. So what's the yeah. problem? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I, real quick, but I, I, it's really funny that you guys say that because I, couple of like a month or so ago i like was having a really rough time 
And I wrote on these sticky notes all around my apartment with like these uplifting notes. And one of the notes that I wrote was Michael Brown didn't die in high school. Yeah. Uh, and the reason that's so significant to me is because there's so many times that I'll be sitting here going, man, I was, you know, I was so happy in high school. I was funny. I was likable. What happened? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. I didn't change in like a bad way. I just changed in that. I'm not getting that constant sense of validation. We're not yeah. in that environment anymore. We're not we're we're not the regular like usual suspects to be cast in these plays that are are uh to be taken for granted by us because they're reliably going to go out with us being in the lead in front of the whole school environment. You know, everyone in that closed circuit environment is going to know who we are. And I think there's something to be said for like the effect that has on you when you leave that environment and like the real world's obviously not like that. Yeah. I'm going to take a step further on that and say, it's not just the effect of that environment. It's, I think it's probably the effect of that environment on somebody with emotional yeah. issues or sure. emotional in, like um, instability. I think mm-hmm. is is probably just because, like I said, you know, I I obviously had no self esteem. I get to a point where I'm peaking. Well, now as soon as I graduate, it's the real world, baby. Ain't yeah. no, ain't nobody give a fuck about a Wickersham brother. It's a it's a distortion. It's a distortion, you know I mean? right? Yeah, it's, so, it's like it's like. Hey, we're gonna put you in this environment where, because of the circumstances that you're in, you're really well known, well liked, popular. Everybody knows who you are, and you're getting this validation. Like, you're you're like you know getting this main line of validation on a regular basis for like <laughs> six years, and then, you know, irrespective of the fact that you have emotional issues that you're dealing with, um, on top of it, just anyway, you're eventually gonna leave this environment. And it's just going to be like you were in this distorted place for a long time. And now you've got to, like, connect the dots and get back to figure out what, what's real. Yeah. But um, I definitely think that even though I think that had a lot of, like, bad effects on, like, my like self-esteem, I also think there's a lot of good things that came out of who I am now. Yeah. With the circumstance we had in high school. Like, like criticism, like... I definitely feel like with everything I've been through, like I have a really tough skin and you know, I think it definitely, when you, when you have someone critique every little aspect of who you are when you're on stage and, you know, kind of pick apart, like, are you good and you're, you're good and you're bad and this and the third, it definitely like, I feel like helped me as an adult for when people do that in life. Like, I'm just like, okay, well that's your opinion of me. Like, yeah, that's who I am. absolutely. You know? I think that's I think, so interesting. I'm totally opposite of that. Really? Cause yeah, you know, well, I'm, I'm absolutely opposite. The moment that somebody puts to me the idea that I'm doing something incorrectly, my immediate response is I fucked everything up. Like, and that, and that I have actually done this thing wrong. Yeah, I it's never been. I that's really interesting. I've never had the I've never had the afterthought of like what I'm doing is 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 the right thing. So right. Mike, Mike, um, actually, in I think an episode we recorded and released, or maybe one that's gonna come out soon, we were actually talking about this idea of like I think I was talking about you know say there's like a whole theater full of people who are watching you perform and like one person comes in the back and their car broke down and their you know partner left them and they lost their job or whatever and they are going to cut their whole childhood or whatever with like your performance and they're going to think what they think about it and they're not going to like it and like the work to be done there is to be okay with the fact that that's like that's, that's not you right. that's fine but yeah. i mean i think we all agree that's not easy no my god no it's <laughs> never easy when you know you people look down on you or judge you or yeah. you know make their own perception of you with the little bit of they know you know I, I think that like Mike's uh I need to pick a different word than like strategy because it's not a strategy it's like innate but like Mike's reaction to like someone saying that he's wrong about something or he's doing something wrong is like a natural reaction and yeah. the potential gift that people like us might have been given from being in that environment is like a, a framework to be able to challenge that because of the sort of thick skin producing um, experiences that we've been put through. Like there's an opportunity for us to like be more confident. 
Yeah. What? So after after high school. Okay. Did things kind of? Because you said that you didn't you didn't go to the hospital until recently, like this summer. Yeah. Um, so long story short, I'm I don't trying to get into my whole life yeah, story, so- <laughs> but um I right after high school um was when things really started to go downhill. I think I like was so ready to graduate and I was ready to get out of school and like start my life, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. All of my friends basically knew what they what I mean, no one really knows exactly what they want, but a lot of my friends were going to like. Um, a lot, well, a lot of my friends went to New York City. A lot of like my really close friends uh, went to like really big um, conservatories and like universities in New York City. And some of my friends went to like nursing school or teaching, things like that. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like I had no, I had like no direction on where I wanted to go. I had no, like, there was nothing in my heart was like, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. But I thought, I was like, I have to do something. Like, I can't just, like, not go to college. Um, so I went to nursing school, which was the worst idea ever. <laughs> I just did not, I just am not, like, a studious person. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say and say I'm not smart, because, like, I know I'm smart, but I'm just not good at school. Like, yeah. You don't, you don't learn in that kind of setting. No, I don't. Yeah. And I struggled so hard. Um, and I ended up dropping out. I, I w- it was just MCC, so it wasn't really anything, like, crazy. But I ended up yeah. just, like, I just, I just, un- I just, like, disenrolled. I was just, like, I hate this. I'm s- I, w- I had moved in with one of my best friends um, from high school. Her and I got a place together, and it was awesome. But she worked three jobs and, like, to party. And I was trying to study. And it's hard when, you know, you're, I was, how old was I? 20? 19? 1920 and it was hard because like I really wanted to do good in school but like I'm on my own for the first time um so I kind of partied more than I when when I should have been studying and that partying kind of followed me longer than I really intended it to and I think I was so like down and like trying to hide what was like really going on so I would just like get drunk and like ignore it um and that um kind of carried on till like up recently um I ended up her and I ended up just like I mean we're on good terms I ended up moving back home to save money because she wanted to like get a place with her boyfriend or something and then I started bartending and then you know one thing led to another and like you're kind of just partying every night you know and I had a lot of like like I was, I was really depressed, like absolutely. And I tried to like mask it all with the drinking and the partying and going out every night and living. Go ahead. Do you mind if I ask what, what, what do you feel like you were depressed about? Like what, what were you, was it, were you depressed that you knew what you were doing wasn't what you actually wanted to be doing? Or were you depressed about something else? And then you were using the partying to mask it. I definitely felt that like, I was like stagnant that my life was on pause and everyone around me was oh like, Oh my God. Moving. I, right. I, I can't tell you how often I feel like that. And I still feel that way. <laughs> yeah. but that, like, you know, I felt that like all my friends were, they were getting great. They were doing good in school and they had all these internships and I had friends that were going overseas and studying abroad. And what's I, wrong with me? Right. Huh? The thought what's wrong with me? Compared yeah, to everybody else. And I was like, well, why can't, what's wrong with me? Like, why, why am I not doing any of these great things? Like, I'm just like, I don't know. And then I would always be like, I'm just going to be that like one person that never gets out of Rochester. I'm going to be that one person that like, is just here. That really never did anything exciting. And, and you're the only person that's going to live in this city for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> every, everybody else gets out of Rochester. Except Funny. One day you wake and, up and it's like the whole city is gone. It's like a sticky note. It's just like we out. Like we out. We out. We we all just graduated. See ya. Yeah. We all just graduated from Rochester. We're going from to Rochester. <laughs> just from Rochester. But no, but yeah, it was. Um, so I definitely masked a lot with 
what I was feeling. Um, and then my, my partying got, definitely got out of control. Um, I think I felt like I was somebody when I was out and like getting fucked up with a bunch of people I should have been getting fucked up with. Um, and I definitely, I think it gave me some like self-validation that like I belonged to something, to something, even though that something was not healthy and it was not good for myself or my mental health or just anything around me. But I, it made me feel like I belonged somewhere, you know? Um, and it just, you know, it, it really got out of control. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I have a problem with anything because I, I, there are definitely people out there that, you know, definitely have like drug problems and like that are alcoholics. And I would never categorize myself in that, but I definitely needed help. I definitely needed help. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I actually went away for a while. Um, my parent, I like went through a lot one night and, uh, got super fucked up and my mom got really, really scared. Um, as mothers would. And she kind of like gave me an ultimatum and was like, either like pack your shit and leave and you're on your own. Or like, we need to sit down and you really need to get some help because it's tearing me apart. Seeing you go through something, thinking you're okay when you're not. Yeah. Um, so I went away for a little bit, um, which honestly was the best decision I think I've ever made in my life. It really brought me to like my, Really, it, ma- it really made me realize that, like, I'm not alone, you know? Mental health, there's so many strands of it, and there's th- there's this big, broad thing, and no one falls under the same category with mental health, you know? And no one's mental health is exactly the same, you know? Everyone has different experiences, and they feel different things. And, yes, we can relate with one another on, you know, but no one is the same, Um and it made me feel like I, everything I had been feeling that I'd been bottling up, that I was scared to come out because I was scared people were going to think I'm crazy or not right in the head or I'm over-exaggerating and I'm being dramatic and I need attention and all those things that people say. Um, it really made me feel like I was going to be okay. Um, and I was okay for a while. Um, I came out and life, I got a good job. Um, I stopped drinking. Um, I stopped drinking and everything for six months. I did I literally just stopped. Um, yeah, it was, it definitely was very refreshing. Yeah. You know, I, um, I was, um, like getting healthier and feeling better. Um, and then, uh, things just took another turn for the worse. And I really don't know what, what happened or what was the, the straw on the camel's back because I, was living in a really nice house with one of my good friends and everything was fine. And, um, I started, you know, just going out, having a few drinks here and there, you know? And, uh, one night I just, I don't even know. And it's so crazy to like think back on it, but, um, I, unfortunately I, um, I tried to commit suicide and I'm so thankful that my, one of my really good friends, I had texted her this awful thing. We don't got to get into that. And she ended up like breaking down my front door, um, and like calling the ambulance and like, I'm literally alive and well, because she, she came, did that. She did that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, um, sorry, Victoria. Um, I'm just going to pause you for one second, just cause Mike and I have kind of started this tradition on the show that I think we're going to try to stick to that. Whenever we mention the concept of suicide on the show, I'm just going to allowed to. No, no, no. You, you are. You are encouraged. You're more to, than welcome to. Oh, okay. I, I just, I'm gonna plug the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. That's just something that we've decided we're gonna do whenever mm-hmm. it comes up, and it comes up almost every episode. So please okay. don't feel, don't feel like you're. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. We, you know, we just like to make sure that we're putting the phone number out there so that way. Absolutely. Um, you know, when people do hear things like this, um. You know, they understand that they're not alone and that when they are feeling this way, that's a number that they should probably give a call to. Oh, my um, gosh. If, 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 if a friend or family member, you know, isn't, isn't viable at that time. So one more time, that's 1-800-273-8255 um, or 1-800-273-TALK if you want to text. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, sorry for interrupting your, no. your story. Uh, please no, keep going. No, you're okay. So you were, you were telling us that um, your, your friend broke down your front door. 
the yeah, same. Yeah, well, I mean, I always had it unlocked, so she really didn't break oh, it okay. down. Oh, but, all right. Um, I think great. I think it's cooler if she did break it. Down. I know. Can we canonically say that she like had a fireman's axe? She she kicked it down with her pinky toe. She hadouken yeah. it. Hadouken. Um, but then, with, yeah, she did. But it snowballed to a lot of people coming to my house that shouldn't have been there for that situation. Sure. Yeah. Um. It kind of. All of my friends ended up showing up, and like a few of their boyfriends yeah, came there when I was like getting in the ambulance. It just like caused this really, really not, big, yeah, dramatic, like something like out of a movie, like. <gasps> and I, I yeah. just like thinking about it now, I'm just like, oh my god, why? Well, you know, because they care. Yeah. Um, and I know it put my family and my friends through a lot because I know that they knew that I had. I they know that like I. I go through my moods where, like, I don't get out of bed and I don't want anyone to talk to. And then, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, so I know I was diagnosed bipolar. Uh Um, And uh, so I know it put my family through a lot because I think I I think they felt like to blame that they weren't. They think that they like we didn't we didn't do anything we you know you were going through all this you never said anything my mom was always like I should have just known I should have just known and I was like mom like no one knew yeah yeah like I don't think I even knew that like you you were at that point I I, yeah I and like people like when I went so I was like um I was like talking to the doctor in the psych ward and they were like well like why like what was and I was like honestly I can't tell you because everything up until last night where I lost my shit, nothing was wrong. Right. You know, like, I just, I just felt, I don't even know. I just felt very, like, I think that I was just holding things in for so long. And I was, like, making little, like, comments to people, like, hoping someone would, like, say something. But, like, obviously no one's going to know if you don't come out and be, like, I've been really depressed for the past month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but no, it was scary. And now I have a bunch of scars that I wish weren't there. And and it sucks because now that, like, I'm well and I'm, you know, I'm on stuff and um, I feel like I have a pretty healthy lifestyle now. I go to the gym and I, you know, I try and, and, try and look at things way more positive than I was. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I'm cured and everything's okay because it's not <laughs> – I, yeah. I still have my days where I'm like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it sucks, especially bartending and serving. <clears throat> I try and wear like long sleeves and stuff at work, but it's hot. Like you you run it behind a bar, like wearing long sleeves, I feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> yeah. So like people will look and people, people sometimes like make side comments and like you can hear the, the, you know, the, the, the yeah. chattering, you know, I mean, my, there's a lot um, of stigma, right? Like, yeah, there's like this huge stigma that like comes with that. I remember I was at work one day and um my boss, I had like had rolled my sleeves up a little bit and she was like she literally like grabbed my arm and she goes, "I wouldn't peg you for one of those people." jeez. Uh, and I was like, "One of those people?" Yeah. Is, like I was like, "What is that supposed to mean?" Uh, and she I, was just and like she just like looked at me and I was just like I was like, honestly, it's none of your business to be. And it just like, I ended up going to like my higher manager and said something because I was just like, that was like completely rude. Like, because like, not only is that. that, not only is that like out of line and like commenting on something that's obviously very personal to someone when it's not really your place to do so, but also it's like demonstrating that that person, um, like categorizes people differently based on if right. they have a mental illness or, or are struggling with emotions or something like there's us versus them. I wouldn't categorize you as one of those people. That's like an extra level on which that's fucked up. Yeah. And I've just been like, I don't understand like what you mean by those people, like someone that has that struggles with mental health. Then yeah, I am one of those people. If that's like what you want to peg me as, then go right ahead. But I, I think that's why it's like, it's kind of so important that we've got um, people like you who are willing to be brave enough to try to fight the stigma by being open about what they've been through. Yeah. Um, I feel like for my own, like getting through what I've been through, I I have to be, you know, I feel like if I don't talk about it and I don't acknowledge what I've been through, like I'm not going to get through it. 
but that's just my own, you know, if I right. don't, if I can't go out there and say, yeah, I went through this horrible thing, but this is what I'm doing to better myself and help myself, you know, mm-hmm. so I can get through every single day with a smile on my face and not a fake one, you know? Right. So, um, I want to, I want to just ask a couple of last, last minute questions. Yeah. Um, that I think would, would especially be useful for, for people now. One of the biggest things that I've been thinking about, and, and it's not something I personally have struggled with, but it sounds like it's something you've struggled with, um, and I know hundreds of other people that do. Especially right now, I feel like any sort of like drug addiction or alcoholism is probably very difficult, um, even more so now. I feel like, you know, especially for those people that might be suffering from those um, issues and are jobless. Yeah. You know, I feel like that might be feeding a little bit more probably into like the whole like my life is going nowhere. Um, You know, so why don't I just drink until I feel better kind of things. Um, Victoria, what are what what is something? What is something you would offer these people that in these moments of, of possible weakness? Um, you know, where they might be listening to our show currently and getting ready to get fucked knows, up. Yeah, get fucked up on whatever. Um, what would you say to them to help them get past even just this next hour, um, you know, like into the next day without doing something that they probably will regret? Yeah. Um... Like, what, what is something that you would do in a situation where you felt like you wanted to do something you knew was going to be negative for you? Um, or even something that you would want to have known, like in that moment, something you wish somebody had told you that you're not alone, you know, that there are so many outlets that you can seek, you know, if you don't, if you don't have anyone in your family in to talk to, because I know, unfortunately, there are people that don't, um, there are so many things out there that you can call or like AA. If you know, like, um, I'm, I've gone to, I went to a few AA meetings before when I was like really, really down. Um, especially if, you know, you are, you know, you do have the, the drinking is a big thing. Um, those places, even if you're not even a drinking problem, you know, like the NA, the AA meetings, people are so welcoming and understanding in those kind of environments that you can really just walk in and they can really point you to the right direction for you because everyone is so everyone's how everyone needs help is very different too right um but there are so many outlets i think if you go to those meetings people can point you in the right direction and where you can go and um always just reach out to your friends i feel like your friends know you better than anyone else i feel like those are the people you spend most of your time with if you know you're not around your family and just see it's okay. It's okay to put your arms up and say, I need help. And I think that's a lot of people's, the, the worry, they're scared that like the volubleness of them being like, I need help. Because that's hard to say that I, that I'm not okay. It's really hard to say. Um, but sometimes you really just need to like let down your guard and just say, I need help. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that like, is that enough? Is that enough? Is that good? Is that a good answer? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's definitely a great answer. Um, Solid. I think the one thing that I also would ask is, um, how, how would you talk about this with one of your friends? How would you bring this up with one of your friends? About like, like possibly needing help. How would you, was there ever a point where you brought it up to a friend or was it that it was brought up to you? Or like, I how think it you... was with me. It was more brought up to me. Okay. Um, I know a few friends that were been like, what's really going on? You know, like yeah. it's obviously more than just like being stressed out and being sad. Like what's, what's going on? Like what's going on in your head, you know? But I also feel like if it was like the roles were switched, because sometimes it's coming out and being like, you need help to somebody. Someone's going to be like, fuck you. I don't need help. You know what I mean? Like, there's always that, like, that pride thing. Like, who are you? You don't want anything about me kind of thing. So I feel like bringing it up to somebody that you know is struggling with something 
almost like you kind of walk on eggshells a little bit. You kind of got to feel out like their personality and how are they really going to take it? Cause they can take it as like an offense. Like, like there's nothing wrong with me. What do you mean? There's something wrong with me, you know? Um, so if I feel like if I saw one of my friends going through what I was going through, I think I would have to like bring them somewhere where they felt comfortable, whether it was going to their house or going out for lunch or, you know, just hanging out and just be like, Hey, how are you? Okay. How are you doing? Today? Yeah. How, yeah. how is your day going? Because even that like simple question of how are you, that can really make a person stop and think, I don't know, how am I, you know, how am I, you know, because I feel like we, that question gets so lost in society nowadays. People don't really ask each other, hey, how are you? Or like, hey, how's it going, you know? But like, like actually very care. rarely, huh? Actually care when they yes, ask it. Yes, like you, someone like actually a, sit down like and a, be like, hey, yeah. how are you? You know, right. that's not. It's like a ritual a that people do. They're like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? Right? Like they don't actually, they don't mean for you to answer that. Right? right. It's just a part of saying hello. Right. It's just like a normal, oh, hey, how's it going? How's, how's, um, how's things been? You know, yeah. how's work? How's school? How's we, life? We you take know, for like, granted that things are fine so we can get to what I'm actually going to ask you about, which exactly. is some other. Yes, exactly. Right. But if you really just take those few moments of like actually caring about somebody and caring about who they are and say, hey, how are you? How is like, how are you? Mm-hmm. That can really spark up somebody being like, actually, not I'm not good. okay. Or this has been going on, you know? Yeah. That's been, like, it's been really, really helpful. I think, like, super inspirational. Yeah, um, I mean, thanks. yeah, Victoria, thank you so much for um, being willing to come on the show at all, first of all. But also, like, this is this has been a super deep and really informative episode, and we're thankful that you're, you um, allowed us to host you for telling your story. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for having me, you guys. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, one of the things that uh, me and Bowen normally end the shows on, and I think we didn't do it in the last episode, but I made, oh, sure, I made sure, I made sure to pull one up today. Do too. Is a quote. <laughs> um, and we're gonna end today's show with this quote. Remember, you're on your own, but don't forget that you're not alone. I like that. Nice and simple. It is nice and simple. Well, again, Victoria, thank you so much for being our special guest today. Um, we really, really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a good time. Um, yeah, fun. <laughs> everybody else, thanks for stopping by the office. This has been Mr. Use the Mind with Mike and Bolin. I am your host, Mike. And I'm your host, Bolin. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>